All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga, including all of Lightbringer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll make you break your own pinky. (laughs) And now, Howlerpod. Darrow, 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 truly you are divine, for you have answered my prayers. Welcome to the dockyards of the Minotaur. Welcome to your doom. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howlerpod, your podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down and celebrate and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by... The amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. Aaron, what are we doing today? We are reading Lightbringer chapters 6 through 11. Mm, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully we don't shit all suits. <laughs> I'll start chapter 6, Darrow Mortal Concerns. I have those daily. <laughs> The Archimedes sneaks up to the great dockyards of Venus. Darrow and Cassius hop out into space and maneuver their way inside the dockyards, while Ore takes the ship to find a new home for Dominus Portobello and a hiding spot for herself. Darrow and Cassius infiltrate the dockyards and take a green architect as their prisoner, using her to locate Severo through the ship's computer. Darrow has her stop on an image of a man in the fetal position with his head encased in a giant wolf. Darrow studies the image closely, checking for every little several detail he can find. He thinks it's him, so they take off to find the room. They use the green to gain access to the cell, and when Darrow removes the helmet, he realizes this is not his friend. Oh, no. He's a gray. (laughs) Cue Admiral Akbar, because it's a trap. Darrow and Cassius (laughs) try to escape, but the gravity gets cranked up to 100, and they pass out in the cell. Apple's voice comes on over the calm. Welcome to your doom. It's good. It's good. Not good for us. <laughs> Not good for us. But <laughs> good job quoting Apple. <laughs> Thank you. Chapter seven, Lysander, the ally idiot. Mm. I first read this as Ally, the but Allie there's idiot. there's no E. Mm-hmm. Uh, horses again. Just want to point out <laughs> there's horses again which is great news for Lysander. Lysander at the beginning, he's thinking back on spending time with Virginia and how much she likes horses. Um, Who's not daydreaming about Virginia at all I times? just want to say, Lysander, get Virginia out of your fucking head. <laughs> she doesn't want to be there. Anyways, the first chariot game has finished. While Lysander is talking to Cicero, Tharsis comes over and smugly tells Lysander that Apple has captured Darrow and Cassius on Venus. The Moonies are in town watching a play, but they're not there to see Lysander because he's Mm. a bitch. (laughs) 
Helios is rude to Lysander and informs him that Atalantia is having a summit that Lysander is not invited. You can't sit with us. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Diomedes is badass per usual. He's honorable. He apologizes for Cassius being alive. <laughs> Don't worry. We My forgive bad. you. <laughs> Atlas is somehow on planet. He's also wearing a blue wig. Lovely. Which I like wigs, so that's fun. <laughs> Atlas advises Lysander to stay out of the moving parts and let the war be won because it is no shame to be loved. Back to Venus, chapter eight, Darrow, the Hanging Colosseum. It's been two days since Darrow and Cassius were captured and they are being taken down to the Hanging Colosseum. It's dueling time, baby. Pew, pew. Darrow and Cassius wonder how Apple could have so many men, specifically martian men in his employ when darrow left venus he had less than a thousand soldiers following him hmm now he has a whole stadium and a space station full of them he must have an ally apple appears and the entire arena sings a song praising him what'd you think of the song I, so like i said last week i watched Re- welcome to Wrexham. <laughs> I'm still watching it. So it reminded me of the songs they sing at, at <laughs> games where it's like, how do they all know this song? <laughs> they seem like they just make them up every time. They clearly love Apple and who can blame them? Also, what, in the audiobook, TGR performs the whole song. So really? normally anything like that, I, I don't read it. Mm-hmm. it. Like I don't physically read it. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of have to listen to how it. How did TGR do? He's, he does great. Good. Great work. Um, so Apple, he's come to duel Darrow. If Darrow wins, he and Cassius can leave. If Apple wins, he's going to wear Darrow's head on the shoulder of his armor for the rest of time. Not nice. <laughs> it's very specific. It First, your, your flesh will be on my breastplate and then I'll put you on my head once, once we clean the skull off. It's, it's a cool dude. That's not creepy. Yeah, it's kind of a weird fantasy going on. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some pre-duel trash talk, you know, from both sides. And Darrow notices Apple has a bite mark on his cheek. Hmm. Mm, who bites people? Only one man. <laughs> Darrow tries to play the Dominus Portobello card, but Apple's way ahead of him. They found the bomb already. So that's enough talk. Let's get it on. Darrow does okay to start, but then he realizes he's in deep shit because Apple wasn't trying. Uh, worst of all, the Willow Way, it's been scouted out and Apple is actively breaking it. Uh, Darrow getting his shit pushed in pretty much. And uh, Apple's kind of just like disappointed by the whole thing. He's like, where's, I'm, I'm disappointed. where's my Reaper? I agree. And uh, he's on the verge of delivering that killing blow when there's all of a sudden an explosion. Apple stops. That was a bomb, but it wasn't ours. Whose was it? Chapter 9, Darrow, shit escalates. <laughs> Heard that before. <laughs> so the Greys bring Cassius down from the stands and shove him down next to Darrow. Darrow's bleeding everywhere, but he's starting to suspect, thinking of the bite mark, thinking of what Apple said about only the rats know. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's got to be Severo. So he has hope. The Carthii, they don't need a reason. They need an excuse. So they come pouring up from the North Pole to take back their docks. And they are, they have more in number. So Apple doesn't care. He's giddy for the fight. 
and glory. <laughs> he suits up and he has Cassius and Daryl brought along with him in his personal legion. The whole legion get trapped in a corridor with Carthii on every side, peaches and wood chipper. That's Cassius and Darrow because <laughs> they don't have armor. It's total melee. Darrow and Cassius manage to get away from their captors and out of their bindings. Cassius knocks himself out <laughs> by headbutting Vorkian, which I thought was very funny. Vorkian with a helmet on. Vorkian. <laughs> That's how Apple says it. They run to a bulkhead trying to get out and there's other people trying to get out, but it won't open and they start getting trampled. And then a star shell straddles the two and starts shooting everyone. Mm. The star shell is howling. Severo has come. He pulls the prisoners away and has medical supplies and vacuum helmets for them. Uh, They head down the hall and into a maintenance tunnel to get away. Severo has multiple booby traps set up. Of course, he the does. whole way. So he's clearly <laughs> been there a while and planned this. The three of them head into a viewing garden and they put their helmets on. And Cassius is being a bitch about it. <laughs> what happened to our brave knight? They he's pull like, a morning I star. I don't want to go into space. <laughs> Severo breaks the glass and Ore scoops them up in the Archimedes and they escape. Just a classic morning star, you know. I loved, I loved it. I love the corridor. And the scooping up <laughs> in a ship. <laughs> All right. Chapter 10, Lysander, Iron Fist. So Lysander is hosting like a celebratory cocktail party on top of the Lightbringer, as one does. Which I would like to go to one. <laughs> I'd like to smash a champagne glass on top of a ship, yes. a spaceship. Yes. It's launch so, day. I'm you guys better be- invite me. If you have one. Yeah. I'm thinking it'd be very windy up there, but I don't know about... Well, you, you have all the braids. Yeah. Anyways, it's launch day for the for the newly christened Lightbringer. So cross your fingers. Let's, let's hope this shit works. Um, so after some pomp, some circumstance, Lysander gives Pytha the word and the Lightbringer begins to... Rise! Rise, rise my son. <laughs> but it's a cocktail party full of golds so you know shit is about to go sideways at some point and sideways it definitely does go lysander meets palace al greca the captain of the bologna racing team and secret envoy of julia al bologna she's here to deliver a message from julia she will not cross the dictator and join up with lysander unless he can prove himself that he has some guts just as the conversation is starting to get good, though, that sideways shit starts to happen. Lysander gets a message. There's been a nuclear explosion <gasps> at the dockyards of Venus. What? Bad. Who was it? Tharsis is at the party, acting like a buffoon, per usual. And This dude deserves what he gets. Yes. There's also a bunch of Carthii there as well, and so they're starting to eye Tharsis like everybody's hearing about this explosion. And the Carthii are circling. So the word's gotten out. Everyone's, uh, Tharsis is in deep shit. Uh, the Carthii are about to go over there and basically kill him. Right. Lysander jumps in and uh, makes a quick alliance with Valeria out Carthii. He's like, I can get you the docks. Just listen to me. Yeah. She's not like, a great alliance <laughs> for her. She's like, okay. She tells her family to stand down, not kill Tharsis. So Ooh, take a breath. Uh Uh-oh. Worst news. 
the Fear Knight's on the way. Oh, shit. And the Gorgons are coming as well. So Tharsis and his group try to flee, but they cannot escape. Atlas brutally... Probably the worst <laughs> of all the series. Brutally murders Tharsis and then feeds him to a manticore. Also thought it was funny that he fed them to the he fed him to the manticore that Tharsis was fucking with. Yeah. So like fear is obviously just like watching, watching this whole thing. He's like, oh, that'll be fun later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna store that away yeah. for later. Uh, and then uh, he tells Lysander that he's been summoned to Earth by the dictator at Atlantia, and he has to leave in two minutes. Great. Cool, 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 <laughs> great. Uh, Lysander <laughs> does a little quick planning with his inner circle, contingency 13 or 11 or something like that. Oh, you don't and, remember. And then joins Atlas on the ship where he is promptly beaten until he shits blood by the Which I love it. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. That's the good stuff. I'm normally stuff. not like Team Atlas, but <laughs> this this all worked out. <laughs> this particular Killed thing. Tharsis. Fuck Tharsis. Beat Beat the Lysander shit out of Lysander. Out. I mean, I do endorse both of those yeah. actions. Yeah. Great. We endorse <laughs> violence against <laughs> shitty people. Okay. Chapter 11, Darrow, Inheritance. Severo and Darrow seem to have forgotten to hang out. It's kind of awkward, dude. Hey, bro. Hey, how you doing, bro? Good, bro. There's a lot of pain Quite and anger awkward. between them. Mm. Lots of elephants mm. in the small room. Severo catches Darrow up on what happened on Earth. Syndicate Queen was Lilith, Abomination, doesn't know where Clown and Pebble are. Min Min was burning in the Iron Wolf and smelled like bacon, mm. as did the other Howlers. Darrow apologizes to him for making him choose between Darrow and Severo's family. And then Severo says he's going to be all about his family from now on. No other path. Ari comes in and has a whole hollow... Holo, holo cube for Severo. <laughs> I don't think that was an accent. That's just how I talk now. It's a video of baby Severo. So cute and scary. And bitey. Imagine if that was the baby that yeah. you birthed. Like It's like Jack-Jack in The Incredibles, <laughs> you know, when he becomes angry Jack-Jack. Yes. Uh, so baby Severo is with Fitchner. Fitchner is telling future Severo to trust Athena and the daughters. He tells Severo that this is his inheritance. The daughters are in the rim and are ready to fight for Severo. And they, they say they have a fleet and weapons. And Severo gets up and leaves without a word. Darrow then questions Ari. She says her message wasn't for Darrow, but that she doesn't hate him. Darrow goes to check on Severo. And Darrow says, don't worry, Severo. You're going back to Victra to be a dad to meet your new baby mm. Mm. a lot of baby talk i was like don't don't <laughs> no you're not way and too much baby talk in this chapter darrow says if mustang says it's cool and all checks out that daryl will be the one to see the daughters and Severo doesn't have to worry about it and then darrow reads the path bryn's book oh very cool out loud to Severo, and he falls asleep daddy darrow taking care of his boy Cassius and Darrow then have a heart-to-heart. Cassius tells Darrow that the will-away won't work. It won't cut it. And he needs a world-class razor master. Who is it going to (laughs) be? Cassius. Darrow says from the path, 
if you wish to be repaired, you must first be broken. Mm. Concur. And that is our chapter summary. Nice. Our theme for this week is not all that glitters is gold. You have to sing it. Go ahead. No, I think he says, and all that glitters is gold. Yeah, it's the opposite. So it's not all that glitters is gold. Correct. That's what the actual saying is. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, is that Smash Mouth? That is Smash Mouth. Great. (laughs) Not everything is as it seems. (laughs) Yes, there's a lot going on this week, but it's kind of like the surface level and then what's actually going on underneath what's on the surface level. Just beneath the surface. Right. That's another song. Right. By Dawes, my favorite band. <laughs> uh, so our first quote here. Yes. Not everything's as it seems. Not as it, not everything is as it seems here. We'll turn this one over to Nick. That's good. Let's do it. Severo lies in the center of the white room. The wolf helmet on his head is so heavy, the act of lifting it from the floor makes the veins in his neck bulge. I race to him and with a careful swing, cuts the lock on the helmet. I sheathe my razor and tear the helmet away. Severo's face is dewy and crusted with dried saliva, dead skin, hair and yeast. He smells as cheesy as a popped cyst. His eyes blink out at me from the tangle. They are grey. Oh, fuck. Mm. So this is kind of a literal... That's also gross. Yes, he's... (laughs) Dried saliva, dead skin, hair and yeast. (laughs) Cheesy as a pop cyst is tough. That's not good. That's I don't a, like a cheesy. It's a very tough sentence. Cyst. All around. <laughs> but read beautifully by Nick Brenlow. Uh, but yes, yeah, so there's a lot going on here, right? We've got like this op- pretty obvious trap. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Darrow. The older he gets, he's like getting dumber. I know. He already, I'm just like, I think he's had too many concussions. It's too. Everything about it is too convenient. You got on the spaceship really easy. I mean, yeah, you got on great. the space on the dockyards really easily. Everyone, Apple was expecting him. Yes, like it was all always even a just trap. like sifting through the security files. It's the one like white room, and so that's gonna stand out, catch your eye. And then it's a guy in a wolf helmet. It's like all of it's just yeah. Everything's on the nose. Everything's on the nose. And then, of course, like in a world of carvers and whatnot like i don't think we can go by tattoos and scars yeah yeah he's like oh well he wouldn't know about those but he had several he probably yeah. scanned him yes in so his 3d ai <laughs> scanner thing <laughs> so this obviously leads to darrow getting captured but also gives us an opportunity just to talk about like severo and darrow's relationship and not only do we as the reader want them to just be like quick buddies again and fast friends, but like, Darrow, like the old days. yeah, Darrow also wants that too. He even says at one point, like he's just, you know, reaching for the old days. Like I want to yeah. get that feeling back and maybe I, I shouldn't have gone to, to do it. And so even though they're back together, it's not, not the same anymore. Yeah. yeah. They've both had a tough time apart. So that's not as it seems. And that's... That's another thing that's not as it seems. (laughs) Correct. So Severo in the cell was not as it seems. And then Darrow and Severo's (laughs) relationship also, you know, 
and then not the same that section where they're having the conversation about like he's like i'm about my family i'm just about my family he's like vin diesel damn (laughs) he's leaning in the doorway that was tough what did you think of severo in that moment well severo in the whole first half of this book like yes he's suffered a ton but he to me i mean severo's always kind of been a little more childish and like self-centered i guess he's he doesn't seem to care as much for the hardship darrow went through right as well and darrow's like genuinely sorry but severo's like you know hell no but i, I also obviously see severo's side like right yeah, it's one of those things. He's scared where for his daughter. Kind of a centered he, point of view, but yeah. at the same time, you can understand why he feels that way. But even though, like, we've got our bright, shiny Severo back, he's not. He's not bright and shiny. Yeah, he's not the same Severo. <laughs> and I think, like, that's he's something. He's been that, tortured horribly. Right, and I think that, and he's seen a lot of shit, and he's lost a lot of friends, and he feels responsible for a lot of that. And then now he's like, you know, thinks he has a new child that he doesn't, and so. Yeah. A lot of that's really tough. And I think readers really struggled, especially in the first half of this book. With Severo's like bad attitude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I did where I was just like. Like, get over it. I was like, <laughs> fucking grow up already, Severo, you know. Be but funny like, again. <laughs> yes. That's the Here, same. Here's Severo behind me. It's, <laughs> it's frustrating. That's PB Doodles that did that one. Yep see the gold on it (laughs) Um, i also think that being darrow's friend is probably pretty hard because as you see in the past most of his friends get fucked over or killed (laughs) so like severo has been in this for a long time and he just is at his wits end it's like, come on, man. If we couldn't win in 10 years, then what the fuck are we doing? Let's just yeah. like sneak away and live our lives. You it's know? one of those things where it's like there's dual feelings there. It's like you can be mad at him and blame him for his stuff and just like abandoning Darrow. And it's like that feeling, a lot of it rings true. But at the same time, you can totally understand Severo and where he's coming from and just wanting to hold on to his little piece of life that is positive yeah and his family and protect those that he loves and he doesn't owe anybody anything else but at the same time he started all of this and he kind of does well his dad started all of it sure he never had a choice he finished it and he but i mean he took it a long way right and to not to like step out at the moment he did yeah he's just he needs he needs some time to heal yes and we he was off screen with Abominatrius. So, you know, I still have my suspicions about if he's brain diddled or not. Like maybe he didn't feel like himself, you maybe, know, maybe, maybe, uh, what else is not as it seems Ben? Let's talk about, let's uh, switch over to Lysander. So there's a lot going on in his chapters. Um, let's start with a quote, uh, from Lysander about the Moonies. The Moonies. I feel like a fool, 
When I was told the capital ship of the Rim's fleet was in orbit, I thought Helios's presence indicated a desire to speak with me. I was wrong. You were wrong because you're <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's weird. Like I don't hate Lysander as much at the beginning of. Oh, I mean, everything this, he's but, doing here is fine. Yeah, yeah. But I do like when he he has a loss. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always enjoyable. We don't like when he gets those wins. This uh, whole conversation, there's a lot going on, right? And it's yeah. just like kind of and he barb keeps, after barb. But he Helios is doing a great job uh, smacking him down. But Lysander has his dancing mask on mm-hmm. and he is winning others over. He's and trying to and I he think, kind of does kind by of the does. end. Yeah. He kind of like impresses Helios with his last line there when he's like, um, you know, I'm just a, I, sh- I should stick to parades yes, or whatever. Stick to my know. lane, right? Yeah. You said stay, stay in my lane. lane. Yeah. And Helios is like, ah. Oh, nice, oh nice he's a smart one. <laughs> the blood of Selenius. <laughs> but yes, like Lysander's up to a lot of stuff here. And we learn that Atalante is up to some stuff as well. Like there's that a bitch. summit going on. But Lysander is in the business of trying to find allies. He's trying to increase his power any way that he can. Lysander is basically like an administrator at this point. He's not a military commander or anything. He's just trying to... He's a figurehead. Yes. and he's But he's trying to get involved. And then that uh, leads to this conversation with Atlas coming along and... There's like all of these little veiled threats between Atlas and Helios that we'll kind of talk to a little bit more in the Prime Five, but yeah, um, they're like there's a lot going on there. They're like below the surface as well. The the bucks that are locked together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <You know. laughs> but Lysander's whole time is is trying to gain allies, and he's reaching out to the Carthii. He's trying to get in with Julia Albalona. He's building his ship. He's building, he's like smuggling men over to uh, Apollonius, which we'll speak to in a little bit as well. So under the guise of like these games and cocktail parties, there's all this power building going on underneath that from Lysander in these chapters. Like a volcano. (laughs) Getting ready to explode. Bubbling beneath the surface before the summit (laughs) when he mouths off to everyone. I think we've got uh, a quote about Lady Bologna as well from Nick. Let's hear it. So Julia did send an envoy after all, I surmise. Palace's narrowing eyes tell me that I've hit the mark. I was just hoping to see the Lady Bologna herself here for the games. So here we've got Palace, who we thought was just a charioteer. Is now an envoy saying sorry little Lysander like you have no power you can't make ships go to Mars right not yet and but it's kind of like you do maybe yes Julia is like opening the door for him a little bit here she's like I can't do anything cross dictator because she will fucking kill me have you seen Atlas the Fear Knight yes we we just (laughs) we just read about it um but you know, if you were able to figure that situation out or show me you got, you know, the balls balls, uh, to handle it all, then maybe, maybe, maybe I could get involved. 
So that right there kind of informs a lot of Lysander's decisions. Like all of this, as we build up, like we talked about last week, like he realizes that in order to make peace, he needs power. And so like all of these little things start adding up in his mind. And I think that's kind of what starts pushing him over the edge to make kind of worse and worse decisions <laughs> in the name of gaining power. Cause you can't make peace unless you have power. Right. Cause he's realizing like, he's realizing how the game is played and yeah. he, he knows that, but like there's really, it's like he's in a maze, but he's just kind of being pushed down a certain path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, the only way out is kind of the decisions that he makes unless he just wants to kind of like eject himself from the system, you know, like, but he's never going to be able to accomplish his goal of being the shepherd, this new shepherd without doing some crazy, dirty, underhanded shit. Risky. Yeah. Playing games. So that's not as it seems either. Lysander isn't as he seems. Helios thinks he's just uh, Atalantia's paramour. <laughs> yeah. But really, he's like planning and scheming to overthrow her. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So let's talk about Apple and, and Darrow and this duel and what's going on on Venus. I'd say Darrow's not the same. <laughs> let's, uh, I'm not saying, though, it's a secret. Look, I mean, he doesn't look good. He's... Yes he's bald patchy hair coming back you know he's injured he never he hasn't seen a carver since mercury so he, none of his wounds are like back to 100 percent. the one passage that i really loved and we didn't have nick read this one um we had him do a different one but when they're starting to infiltrate the dockyards and Daryl like feels the violence like coming on and he compares it to being like an alcoholic uh, with a drink. Yeah. You know, like his body just responds physically to the clink of glass in yes. a whiskey tumbler. Right. And so like, and I thought of Cross and PJ when I read that. <laughs> line. So he's like, it's involuntary at this point, you know, like his body is just doing something that he can't even control anymore because he's just so kind of, in that world and was, yeah. and and was it's the and adrenaline was the reaper yeah and so like it just even though he doesn't have the physical capacity to do it anymore and doesn't like necessarily i guess want to do it like he can't even stop himself from like getting yeah. a rise out of it and it's like your brain thinks your brain still knows how to do it but your body just doesn't respond right you know like i used to be a gymnast i think i I believe I could go to a roundhouse back handspring right now, but I'd probably like tear <laughs> every yeah. muscle tendon in my whole body. Well, that's uh, why I completely stopped playing basketball as I got older because like when I was playing, you when I was younger, I was really good at basketball, played all the time. But as ben I got, played college <laughs> basketball, as I got older and I, my body slowed down and yeah, I you, stopped you playing go to as like much. Do a move and get hurt. Right. Well, yeah. or like my body just wouldn't respond the same way. So like my mind was way ahead of my body. Yeah. And I was just like <laughs> out of control. I was like a baby deer or something. <laughs> you know, like I just couldn't. I do know what you mean. <laughs> For those young people listening, this is your future. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I mean, unless you like train the whole time. Well, unless, yeah, unless you stick, stick with, with it. Stick with it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then we've also got stuff going on with Apollonius. Like he's been up to shit and this... And, and he's like at his prime. Yes. He is what he seems. Yes, and he's in all of this glory. He's got all these men at the uh, arena, men and women, soldiers, and they're all Martians. And yeah, he Cassius must. Cassius and Darrow are thinking about that. We've got a quote from Nick on this part. I thought you said that he only had a handful of men. He did. Seems the Martian exiles have found a man they think can take them home. Hmm. So where are these men coming from? Daryl and Cassius start kind of putting it together that Lysander is not only sending iron from Mercury, he's also... Sending the Martian yes. men who want to get the fuck off of Mercury. Smuggling. As would I. Right. So Soldiers are, out there. Are these Martian exiles Darrow's men? No. They're different Martian They're exiles? They're society people. Yeah. Okay. Why were they on Mercury? They would have been serving, you know, the various golds there, probably Ash Legions and all that type of I stuff. I see. Yeah. Tight. Well, they picked the wrong side. They did. They're all about to die in the meat grinder <laughs> of the Carthii <laughs> attack. Uh, yeah. So we've got not only like Darrow's not the same. Apple is continuing to gain power, influence. He's got the dockyards stocked full of Martians. They're building. This is Apple and Lysander kind of building their own army and source of power in order to start fucking shit up inside the society. So everybody at this point, nobody knows that all of these men are on the on the dockyards. Right. But now, now that the Carthii attack, they're about to find out. Yeah. So. Well, they're all about to get... And that's why Lysander has to act so fast because he's like, previously, the only thing that was stopping the Carthii from attacking was they thought Apple was insane and he would just blow up the dockyards. Yeah, but then when he blows them up, allegedly. They've got an excuse to attack, but then there's like, oh shit, there's a bunch of people there, even though there's probably more Carthii, there is more Carthii coming. There's still going to be a lot of people that die. (laughs) Oh yeah, on both sides, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Lyson is trying to figure that out very quickly by talking to Valeria. And then what's our last quote uh, from Nick here? My name is Ore. I know. We talked in the evac. And? I have a message for you from your friends on the rim. It is from Athena. Nice. Ari's got a new accent. <laughs> we challenged Nick with some new voices this week. I feel like Nick's he did. Nick's blowing it out of the water. Swimmingly. Much better than <laughs> we would have tried. So we've got Athena. I mean, so we've got Ore here. Yes. And we kind of now realize what she actually is. What's been under the surface the whole time with her. Yes. And that is she's... A daughter of the rising. Yeah. A daughter of Athena. Yeah. Which is Fitchner's kind of like secondary backup plan to the sons yep. of Ares. Never tie two ships together in the night. Right here. Boom. And they've been building their power and building their power and building their power uh, for, she says, 30 years. And they didn't get cleansed when Darrow betrayed the sons of Ares. Mm-hmm. 
and now they're ready to make themselves known and they're looking for a commander specifically not darrow though <laughs> this message <laughs> is not for you they're looking for severo yes but severo's like no thank you right but so ra was not she was never what she seemed everyone's like suspicious mm -hmm. but now we finally get the answer but even this message is not as it seems because it's like this is an offer we're the daughters of aries we're i mean we're we're the daughters of athena we're here to help we're ready to help but uh, like there's <laughs> the fine print down there is they don't have ships well they do have ships the fine print is you have to pay for your sins <laughs> like if darrow comes we are going to put him on trial for the docks of Ganymede. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you in the war first, <laughs> but then you have to come back <laughs> and pay for so it. So even this offer kind of has something that it, this looks, sounds great. Like ships, weapons, a whole group of agents that want to help. But yeah. like at the same time, like Darrow's thinking I can just roll out there and they're going to respect me like they will Severo. Yeah. But not the case. He has to go to trial. Okay, Ben, do you know what it's time for? How was Cassius hilarious today? Uh, jolly hell. How <laughs> was he? <laughs> this was a hard pick. I'm going to start with honorable mention. I feel like nut to butt was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Well, but it's always hilarious. That was more like Darrow being hilarious than, than Cassius. I thought Cassius's reaction was hilarious, but. I thought him headbutting Vorkian was hilarious. Okay. There were multiple. Moments. My favorite one was like the very end of chapter 11 when they're talking about how Daryl needs a new Razor Master yeah. and that it should be Cassius. And then, you know, they're talking about dueling again and Daryl's just about to bring up the gala and the gala gala. Gala gala. And Cassius claps his mouth closes. I will turn this ship around. Gives him the dad yeah. treatment. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the fucking Gala Gala again. <laughs> he did cut his arm off. <laughs> I just thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I will turn this ship around. Right. And earlier in the book, Cassius brings up teaching Daryl his first lesson, getting stabbed mm -hmm. by a friend. And he's like, the gala like <laughs> he's never gonna live that down <laughs> all right let's move on to the prime five five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters do you want to start yes i'd say just i'm glad to have apple back in his mm. in his prime not mm. sneaking around in his ghost cloak naked even though that was fun <laughs> Um, but the big speeches, the grandiosity, you know, the way he's described, I think of Jason Momoa, but with long blonde hair, you know? Yeah, that's a good, with, yeah. but like the half open eyes, like sexy. <laughs> yes. I, I love his heavy <laughs> lids yeah. and long lashes. <laughs> They're just so beautiful. He can't open them all the way. He is just a fucking delight. I mean, and, and even though he's like a very bad guy he's <laughs> he's fun like so he's, much fun. he's got so much personality <laughs> and you know it normally like james bond and stuff there's always a moment where the bad guy has a very 
open opportunity to kill his arch nemesis, the good guy, and then like gives a big speech and then the good guy like kills him, you know, mm-hmm. um, escapes or whatever. Yeah. But with Apple, it makes sense because he, it builds all the way up to he it. He's that. like, he gets off to that. He's shit. like, that Borkian, is don't just pop him, which would make <laughs> the most sense. Yeah. And in any other scenario, I'd be like, yeah, they should just kill. Like, <laughs> there's multiple times when Darrow should have just been, like, shot. Yeah. Or Cassius or anyone, you know. Yes. But this one, when he stays Vorkian's hand, it makes sense because of who he is. He's like, no, Darrow will water my garden with his blood. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I believe him. He really believes that. It really is true. And then, you know, Cassius uh, opens... The vaults, which always to me sounds like a vagina. Lady Bologna's vaults. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's your mom. <laughs> I really loved when he was talking to Darrow about watching him on Mercury. And yes. he was just like, dude, props. That was incredible. I, uh, his like, uh, as your army fell man by man and crossing the Ladone, I wept for the purity, for the faith. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he he believes in the beauty of war. Truly, they were sons and daughters of Mars. He touches his breast. Respect. And Darrow's like, just... yes. And I love the line where it's like, Cassius is about to like lose his mind. He's yeah, like, what like, the what fuck is going on? Hell? Oh, man. Everything Apple is just, his, is so great. And we're and lucky then, we have him. I did want to point out Apple breaking his pinky finger. That to me is like way worse than yeah. cutting the palm or notching the ear. I don't know why. He's just like, <laughs> like you need your hands to fight, right? He's got Not very strong one. bones too. You got to be really strong to do that. I mean, how many times has he done that? His poor pinky. Why do they have but this whole thing about hurting themselves before, before they, they fight? Yeah. I, yeah, I never understood like cutting your palm before you're using a razor. Yeah. What if you need to switch hands? That would hurt very bad. And then your hands full of blood. It would just like, yeah. Also hurt. You're just like, how could you even hold We're anything? Soft. <laughs> yeah. You are little baby boy bitches, aren't we? <laughs> uh, We're uh, pixies. <laughs> <laughs> adding to Apple, I think there's also just a lot of great fear night stuff this week. Yes. What He's, a fucking fear is a good name for him. Weirdo. The blue wig. Just a scary, scary, scary weirdo. He, he also he's unnerving because then he's like kind to Lysander. He's like, I lo- truly loved your parent. And Lysander's like, dude, what? Yeah, what is going on there? I don't know. I don't. I don't like. like are that. you a reformer? You like brutally murder everybody. Can we talk about this? Like the iron fist thing like yeah what is, that thing sounds heavy it sounds dangerous as fuck like he's just like fully like gravity fielding tharsis and just like crunching him it's like the thanos yeah that's what i was thinking too love. <laughs> uh except it can't stop time and stuff but i mean it seems like it was pretty close i was like it could that was one of the i think that might have been the most brutal murder in the all feet, of the hands. Oof. Yeah. Just like, yeah, cutting off his feet, hands, and then crunching his entire body <laughs> to where Which, he's like, that's like stranger things. Yeah. You know, when they're, <laughs> yeah. that's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, let's. Not that a, was number one on not Prime a good five. way to die. Apple and fear. Um, so what's number two? The two biggest baddies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, human towel. There's all like. This isn't like we loved it. It was just like Pierce has a way of describing violence. Violence. <laughs> which should we be worried about Pierce? <laughs> I mean, human towel is on meat carpet level for me yes like when especially when they're like Meat's holding them, you know they're just they like drop it like a towel i dropped the human towel that is just the imagery going on in my brain there he's is, like he's like the gravity's heavy <laughs> something like didn't mean to are you have you ever uh do you remember that marijuana commercial with the person? Yes. The- and he melts down. <laughs> yes. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. But like holding him up. Like yeah. a skin suit kind of. Just like. Gross. Yeah. A meat bag. That's tough. And then there's the whole like. The whole meat straw. Peach and a wood chipper situation. That hallway well, we, fight. We love corridor fights. Yes. Corridor fights are a classic trope at this point. For like mu- movies and. Well, and like you're trapped. There's nowhere to go. You can see the violence coming or or starting at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, it's suspenseful. Right. The, your vision narrows. Yeah. There was a really good recent corridor fight in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I thought that was pretty fun, but they get like trapped in a... Oh, yeah. Between two bulkheads and there's a big I watched that. fight. Do you have any other favorite hallway slash corridor fights well they're all in the red rising saga okay but one that always comes to mind for me is did you watch daredevil on netflix no oh man there's one where he just beats some dudes asses in a corridor corridor? yeah and it's just like it's one of those like long tracking shots oh nice and so it's just like the whole time and then they're going like in and out of the corridor and like different hall i mean different doorways and then he like beats some dudes and then they'll like get beat up and then they'll get up and he like fucking beats their ass again. He's like, it's stop getting up. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. The new uh, James Bond one had a good stairwell one. But, mm-hmm. um, what's the, what's Scarlett Johansson in the Marvel movies? Iron Man 2. Yeah, there's what's, one there. Who is she? Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. It's, it's one of the early ones, but yeah. where she like does the spin up crunch with the thighs that's in a corridor you told me to think of one no that's a that's a good one it's a good one uh underrated one atomic blonde have you ever seen that movie Charlize theron Mm. Ooh, i love Charlize. she plays like a she's dream bay russian super agent kind of james bondy type situation but it's like also a similar like long tracking shot kind of up a stairway corridor and down and she's like her and another guy, and it is brutal and very good. Nice, very good fight. Let's let's do a montage. Hallway <laughs> fight. Love a corridor fight. But I was thinking not only of Morningstar, but also of this book later on with Virginia mm-hmm. and or with Holiday and yeah. the whole group. Yeah, good call. So next up, we have. Uh, Prime five, number three, the whole interaction with the Moonies. There's lots of foreshadowing. Oh my gosh. So much subtext here. So much foreshadowing. Definitely worth a reread. If you're just listening to the reread, like go reread that part. Just that. Yeah. That one. I think it's chapter seven. Yeah. It's chapter seven. And it's like, you know, a few pages. It's totally worth it. 
like so much going on here. We see first we see Helios with the the Cestus, the binds of Zeus, which is uh, what controls his his, his ship. Warships. Yes, and which you know it seems like a lot. There's not a lot of layered security when it's all in one glove. You know, like. But it has to be his. Sure. Yeah. But like, okay, say he's watching Thessian and someone kills him. So then they just like can't use those ships now. <laughs> I don't know. They have to like redo it, like kind of reprogram it. Sure. He handed it over to Diomedes at one point, but I, I don't know how he did that. I don't remember. We'll have to check oh, that okay. out when we get there. But yeah, so that's we're introduced to the binds uh, of Zeus, which is Helios wearing that. This is also where Lysander sees his Katari, uh, Helios's Katari, that has the house Dionysus's ring in the pommel. And so it's that's... A specific detail. Yes, a specific detail that he notices that Atlas doesn't have. Yeah, and, and that, like, isn't Atlas supposed to be I don't, on top of it? He just like doesn't have the Katari, so he he's can't out of do luck. It. Yeah. So also an interesting point. And then... I thought uh, two other things that stood out to me are that is that Helios asks Lysander at one point if his Praetorians are loyal and if he's worried about them being loyal. And he's like, "No, they're they're great." Because they lost a lot of people to the Moonies, the Praetorians did, and that. And he's like, "Are they going to come kill me right now? Right, and then my ships won't work. Or are they? Would they be mad at you for talking to us? Sure, right." trying to be friends with us you're trying to ally with the rim but and we like, killed a ton of praetorians bro yeah did you hear <laughs> and lysander's like no dude they're good i got the praetorians yeah. on lock they would never betray me <laughs> ever and then i the last little detail that i thought was great was <laughs> and it's like why does pierce even do this you know like in the moment when you're reading this the first time like why would this even stand out to you and why would this be information he we need. He does it for us now. Exactly. For the reread. But there's a body comparison between Helios and Atlas. Like Atlas is slightly taller, but they're pretty much they're very sim- similar builds. Atlas yeah. is longer limbs, but uh, it's like similar. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's all right there. Like it's all set up. And yeah, why? And Lysander's just like kind of noticing it. Yeah, and then Atlas even says to helios he's like if i had a moonbreaker on my fist i could do whatever the fuck he i says, want if had i a moonbreaker in my palm <laughs> i'd shake even the devil's hand with a grin and atlas is looking at him like he's the devil <laughs> yeah <laughs> lots of foreshadowing lots and lots and lots of foreshadowing what's next on our prime five list bitchner's back Oh, just a little. This was I this like really got me emotional the first time I read the book. Daddy Fitchner. Man, it was so good. It was just so good. Like having him back that first And you're like, if only Cassius hadn't killed him. Is that what you thought? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Oh. That first hey boy oh. Oh man, I was just hey, like, "Hey boy, yo. oh, hit me, here. <laughs> hit me right in the heart." I just thought that was so great, and then I was just wondering 
I wanted to ask what you thought about this, but there's a quote where Fitchner says, my only hope is you'll build something of the rubble, son. Maybe a monument, eh? I'd like that. A big one on the lion steps for me and your mum and a family for yourself. A whole brood to climb on our statue and be amazed at what big toes their grandparents had. Are we getting some foreshadowing for maybe the final scene of Red God? We're going to have a statue of Fitchner and Bryn. I don't and, know. And some little barkas running around, running toes. around the toes. I'm just saying, I don't know. I, would that be a fitting final image for you? If if all those people are alive, yes. <laughs> you, you don't sound very That'd hopeful. That'd be great. I don't know if we're going to have time to build big statues. I mean, this will be like, you know, it'll be like an epilogue. like Sure. year later or whatever. Let's do it. You okay with that one? I I'm was just okay saying, with I thought that, that was an interesting. Just Sounds like, happy. I was thought that was if we're gonna get a happy ending, I feel like that's. I'd what like Darrow to like. be in it, but you didn't mention him. Maybe he's also a statue, because he's dead. Great. <laughs> he's got really big toes. <laughs> but I just wanted to talk about Fitchner because it was great hearing from him again, and we miss him. What a great we character. Do. Ben, what do you think Thessian's all-time best role was? So that's, I did want to talk about this. I this haven't is, seen his place. Well, this is number five on the prime five list. We want to talk about Thessian, obviously the greatest actor of, of a generation. Of, of it sounds time. like, do you think he's for my first question is like, is he only performing like Greek plays and shit? Or do you think like by Sophocles, <laughs> do you think they're like re- remaking Goodfellas, you know, like as a no, play I think down it's the line? All Greek or, plays. I think it's all Shakespeare and Greek tragedy. I don't think it's like modern. Nothing. Well, it wouldn't be modern then. That's what I'm saying. Like they could, it's all But those aren't plays. Those are movies. I mean, they could be adapted. You think they're doing like Goodwill Hunting (laughs) on the stage? I'm just asking a question. No, I think it's all the classics. Okay. What we think are classics. Hmm. So like because the the golds are obsessed with Rome. Yeah. And I would think they would get pomp. some Shakespeare in there too, probably. Yeah. Rome plus Shakespeare. <laughs> 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 the most modern hmm. thing would be Shakespeare. Okay. What do you think his best role is? I don't know. Is he actually gouging his eyes out? Give him a, What are you giving him a space Oscar for? I don't know all the fucking plays, Ben. <laughs> you think it's Oedipus? I have not seen any of these. <laughs> I mean, either. <laughs> I mean, you know, a Shakespeare player too, right? Uh, Sure. <laughs> <laughs> his best role is Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> You sound really convinced. I was going to go with Hamlet shit. <laughs> um, this is a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really shot down my question. I was going to well, make it. I was going to make it a lot more fun. It would be more fun if I had, if I knew any this. I'm not Heather. That's why I was trying to bring in movies from <laughs> modern day. Okay. What movie would you want to see? <laughs> but you shot it down. <laughs> And you said we had to go with Greek tragedies. I'm just thinking like <laughs> setting the scene that we see here. It's all. I just think it would. I you want to see Goodfellas. No, obviously. I'm just saying like 
there there could be other classics of the day sure. you know by this point in time yeah some 1990s movie could Forrest be Gump. could be a classic <laughs> there you go now it's funny <laughs> and that there he is <laughs> did you have one um i don't know i mean you said hamlet which was my answer <laughs> I always did musicals. I didn't do Shakespeare. Ooh, let's do you think he has musical chops? I mean, sure. He's the the voice of a generation. I'm going to say singing in the rain then. Okay, ta- a little tap yeah. dancing? Yeah. Wow. What roles would you like to see Thessian in? <laughs> Write in, call in. Ye who <laughs> know anything about Shakespeare. <laughs> Okay, and then you pointed this out to me. What's what's the quick hitter? Oh, I had one last quick hitter, not in the Prime 5, but we're already getting Lysander talking about his interest in botany and botanists. And he... Multiple times in this chapter is... He takes over the garden belt. What's it called? Okay, boys and girls, open your books. It is... Demeter's Garter. Wow. Ooh, look at these moons. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I feel sad for the people on the podcast. They're going to be able to see that. <laughs> I was pretending the moons were my boobs. <laughs> we get it. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about Aaron's note card. Yes. A, a newish segment. <laughs> That may be appearing or may not be appearing every week. Depending on if Aaron takes <laughs> notes or not. But Aaron's got a note card. I have a note card. All right. I actually wrote it in the outline this time. <laughs> I want to say, how great is it? Cassius and Darrow teaming up again. Love it. This is the first duo we get after he's rescued. Mm-hmm. Just the two of them. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. With Cassius armored and ready beside me, I feel infused with the luck of House Mars, 16 again, and preparing to steal the enemy standard. 16 again. (laughs) 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 God, that just makes me feel like I I know what that feels like now. I'm I'm, back with my boys. I'm also old. Yeah. And so now Daryl's just... We're the same age as Daryl. I know, Daryl's old now. It's just kind of sad, but... It's great. Yeah. And then we, of course, several comes in, but he doesn't he doesn't make the threesome that we wanted him to. <laughs> I love how mean he is to Cassius when yeah he like lets him ship. lets him drop when the gravity comes back. That's great. It's hilarious, by the way. It's it's great. It is so. We funny. brought some joy back. Yeah. After Dark Age. <laughs> okay, now this will be a recurring thing. I am counting every time in this book when we get a piggyback ride. Mm. So this is the first one. Cassius climbs on Darrow's back. I'm gonna piggyback the, number one. Over under on piggyback rides to three and a half. Do you think there's more than that? Yes, okay. three and a half. Yeah, we because we have to go over or under. So oh, it's like a can't be a tie. W- there's not half a piggyback. That's what I'm saying. It's not like it. one so foot that on way the you ground. You have to pick over or under. I'm picking over. Okay, because I'm counting. <laughs> And then another thing I'm counting is when we see sloths. Mm. If you know the not canon version <laughs> of the book that one or two people received had a whole thing about a sloth being Cassius's friend on the Archimedes. Do you um, think we'll see the sloth again? 
I know we do. Oh. So okay. we just saw a sloth. He comes out of the garden menagerie. What's it called? He's in the garden. The yeah. sloth like flies past him before they get scooped up by Ra. He's a purple spider sloth. So we see a sloth, and that sloth dies. It's <laughs> <laughs> sucked out. And he's dead. Um, I wanted to say, what do you guys think? And I thought this the first time I read the book. Darrow killing the green felt like super out of character for Darrow. Like, Darrow's not one mm. to just murder low colors for no reason. Right. That feels like that person was dreaming about some pretty insidious stuff child porn that's what i that's the vibes i got i got but i got those vibes yeah. pierce doesn't allude to anything right other than it's it's gross bestiality maybe the sloth was involved <laughs> i don't think you'd kill somebody over that but you'd just be like Ugh. it also it seemed out of character too because they're being like sneaky and then he's like right. <laughs> yeah and he chokes some so that's why it some person gives me child porn vibes Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I just, I just, both times I was like, even no matter what was on the stream, to me, that w- that's, to me was like a weird thing for Darrow to do. Yeah. In that moment. He's on edge for sure. Ugh. Can you believe? Page 60. Lysander says he preferred Cassius dead. Yeah, just easier for him that way. It's I think. E- it was easier for him when Cassius was dead, and he'd rather have Cassius dead than fighting beside Darrow. What a little drama queen. Can you believe? The You'd worst. rather have your pseudo brother dead than like on well, someone else's side. He doesn't have to deal with the emotional difficulty of that. I just was like, fuck you, Lysander. Mm-hmm. What a bitch. Come into Ben's conspiracy corner. I'm going to mm. bring you into your own conspiracy. Oh wow! Corner. Who cut Atlas's throat? I was wondering the same thing. Who and could he be warring with? He said you should see the other guy, basically. And he was like, you should see the whole continent. What is it? Abominadrius? Is it Lilith I'm on Earth? It's just like leftover Republic people. You don't think it's like a breadcrumb at all? It may be. I don't know. It could be. I was like. You should see the whole continent, really. I'm like, was he on Earth? Well, you know, like the Republic owned Earth. So, like, they went and conquered Earth. Like, Diomedes went down. But, like, you know, if it's all the Republic, then they're going to have to, like, root them out from several different areas. I'm sure they didn't do that all at once. So, and then he says, like, Atalantia thought I was too harsh or something. Yeah. So, he's, like, nuking I don't know who they, who exactly they were battling yeah. in that situation. That, when I read that it on, seems like on the reread, I was like, something... Or Vox Populi forces, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And then I kind of alluded to this earlier. Severo saying Abomination said he would wipe him, wi- erase his family. Mm-hmm. And, and Severo's kind of like, I don't know why he didn't, but like I'm counting my blessings basically. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, is he a sleeper agent? Is he brain diddled? And are we going to see it in Red God? I don't think there's a ton of allusions to brain diddling. But yes, this is like the one. Because he's like, I don't know why he let me go, basically. Right. It could be Virginia working with Abominadrius. And he, she's like, you have to let Severo go. Yeah. 
but then he like sold him at auction to a psychopath. Right. So, I mean, I think I said this before on our, one of our recap, on like one of our reaction pods, but to me, like Severo reads very much the same Severo that he's been for well, a that's while. That's why sleeper agent. Sure. What if like him being near Victra it. and he's like, yeah, I just don't know like what, what is Abominadrius accomplished other than just like being a complete total dickhead. Right. Maybe that's all he wants to accomplish. Maybe, maybe Severo's sleeper agent to kill Virginia because she has why power he, over him. I'm just like, why wouldn't he be the sleeper agent to kill Darrow? You know, like. That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. That would have been a good plan. It's just like, if that's what you're trying to do. Sure. Unless you're just trying to inflict maximum pain on, on Severo. Severo specifically, which maybe he is. I wouldn't I wouldn't put past put past Abominadrius for that, but like Or what if like in Red God Abominadrius is like fighting Darrow and then he has like you know, he's like hypnotized Darrow, he's like claps twice and then Severo turns on Darrow. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I, I don't know. Severo read very much like the same kind of bitter, nasty asshole that he's been for this yeah, entire yeah. second trilogy. Um yeah. or second series. Speaking of Who's the Primus of the Week? <laughs> let's talk about our Primus of the Week, uh, who is our one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is It's Severo. I mean he saved the day. He's a badass. And he, we still love him. He anticipated Darrow coming to save him. Um, so he waited around and yep. he risked capture that way. And he's like, I don't even like you, but I knew you would come and I do love you. Yeah. So. And you're a fucking idiot. Yep. And I knew you would come for me. <laughs> save your ass. And he did. He saved the day. Yep. Great job, Sever. And he, sure he brought the Carthii down on Apple. So that's probably good. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody else we can choose this week. All right. Do we have any mailbag mail or voicemails? Yes, we've got some voicemails. We've even got a video message this week. Okay. Is it PG-13? <laughs> I think it's, you know, regular. Oh, lion Found you. Hey, Haller Bellin. This is Gene. Sorry, I forgot my uh, to say my name last time because I was super fucking nervous. Love you guys. Oh my god, I'm panicking again. Oh, okay. So I've been thinking about Apollonius a lot, and I was wondering what your favorite like kind of quote he did was. I was listening to Lightbringer again, and that part when he called up Mustang during the battle and just was like, war, mankind's final hallelujah. <laughs> oh, wait, that wasn't the right quote. The mortal hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please don't play this. Whoa. The mortal hallelujah. That's what I was trying to quote. 
This is Eugene again. Sorry. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Eugene. Sorry, we're playing both of them. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> you can't play this. <laughs> You're incredible. You're absolutely incredible. <laughs> Do you have a favorite favorite Lion Apple that one for sure. Found I found you. you. <laughs> we said that for about a we, week straight. I, well, driving down to Hallercott, I couldn't stop saying it. Everyone's yeah. like, okay, stop. <laughs> it's like when you get a song in your head, but it's only one word. Yeah. I just like could not stop saying that. Okay. Our video message comes from our Howler friend, Ross. What's up, Howler Pond? This is Ross checking in from Memphis, Tennessee. I ran this idea by whoever was on the Instagram uh, account earlier. We agreed that uh, uh, drunk video messages could be a cool idea now that y'all are on YouTube opposed to voicemails. So uh, maybe you use this, maybe you don't. Anyways, I've got beef with the first few chapters in Lightbringer, despite the fact that it was a fucking incredible book. You know, I put it at my number three, right behind Dark Age and Red Rising. So Darrow's taken off and he, he gets news about Severo, right? And he's like, everybody, everybody knows he's going to go get fucking Severo. He's like, ah, thanks guys. I, I don't know. I know there'll be a mutiny, but let, let me think on it. Let me think on it. Everybody's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you think on it. Right. And then he goes to leave in the middle of the night. And then what happens? Everybody's like, dude, we knew you weren't going to fucking wait to think on it. You're just going to fucking go like you always do. They're mad at him. Right? Tell me people die because he's just making fucking irrational decisions, right? And then he, he fucking leaves, right? And, and everybody's like, dude, yeah, they're, they're mad at him. And they just let him go. Thrax even gives him a razor. That wouldn't have happened. What the fuck is that about? That wouldn't have happened, right? Am I crazy? All right, thanks. Ross, thank you for the great idea of video messages. We can do this. Drunk those. video messages, man. You have to be, yeah. well, unless you don't drink, yeah. you can be whoever you want to be. We don't advocate only being drunk. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. No. But Ross, I all I have to say is it did happen. <laughs> that is true. It did happen. So I think this kind but of... But I agree. It's like Darrow, he has no new tricks. He just ke- keeps doing right. the same thing. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Is like this kind of the whole point of the first few sections of this book are kind of like Darrow... Everybody knows Darrow's playbook. Like Lysander figured Darrow out in Dark Age, and now like the book is out on Darrow. Like everybody, he's kind of doing the same shit. Yeah. Can't just keep There's... changing the paradigm. Now we got to actually change the paradigm, like to well, a whole I new plan. I didn't. Is the word paradigm in the whole book? <laughs> but yes, like he's kind of like everybody's figured him out. You know, like well, we know that he's going to sneak off in the night. Like, we know that he's going to go after Severo. Can I say this? It's like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like everyone's starting to throw the way he does. You know, like when mm. you're the best of the best. By the way, Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback in the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, people study you and, and mm-hmm. they, they learn your game. So you got to change gotta the adjust. paradigm. Yep. Can't and just do the same old shit. I think that's ship. what Daryl learned in this book. But, yeah, I mean, as far as like actually letting, letting him go to Venus, I mean... I don't know if anybody's going to be able to stop, actually, like, physically stop him. Well, he was, Darrow was even saying, like, they will do, like, a peaceful imprisonment. They'll, like, stop him. Yeah. But I think think he was able to sell them on it by saying, this This will will get you home home to Mars. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he did a, a little bit of a convincing job on that one. 
Thrax are giving him bad laughs. I think that makes sense because Thrax has got to go get her Warhammer back. Right. Which she does. All right, we got one more voicemail and then we've got one email. Hi, this is Frances from Nashville, Tennessee. Y'all, I have been a fan of this series since the very beginning. And Lightbringer finally came out this summer and I got it in the mail and then promptly had an unexpected medical emergency and I was in the hospital for nine weeks. And now I am back, I am out, and I am finally reading this book. And I am so happy that y'all are doing the reread. I just got finished with the first episode. It was awesome. Y'all just putting a big smile on my face today. So thanks for everything you're doing. And thanks. Thanks, Francis. Wow. So glad you're out of the hospital. (laughs) Yes. I'm glad you're Jeez. feeling better. Sounds like uh, nine weeks being in the no light bringer. Sounds like being in the jackal's table. <laughs> yeah. And I, another warning, Francis, this podcast is full of spoilers <laughs> yes. for light So I hope you're finished with the book before you're listening to I'm any like, more ah! episodes. <laughs> Unless you don't care about spoilers, Just which FYI. power to you. Our last piece of mail comes from the howler mailbag in our email. Uh, Cassie P is back. Cassie P. With some more tidbits. Uh, I will make you a recurring segment, Cassie P, if you keep sending me your tidbits. I, I enjoy them. If they're good. Chapter six, there was a callback. Uh, Darrow says to Cassius, nut to butt, Bologna, don't be shy. The first and only time, other time we've heard the phrase is in Morningstar from Trigg, who said to Darrow, nut to butt, sir, don't be shy. Oh, that was the first and only? Yeah. We say it all the time. Gotta say, though, this makes me miss Ephraim more than it stirs oh my any God. feelings for Trig. Me too, Cassie yep. P. The other day, just for no reason, I was like, Baller, brawler, <laughs> legacy, holler. Just walking around. Just in the shower <laughs> in a bad mood. Cassie also has a uh, tinfoil theory from Chapter 7. She says... I continue to harbor suspicions that Lysander is the son of Atlas and Anastasia, which is Who's the Anastasia? Lysander's mom. I just I was I was gonna start singing Anastasia. <laughs> On that journey to the past. Great movie. I was in love with Dimitri. Okay. <laughs> this chapter is the only place where the play Oedipus makes an appearance in the series. It is also the scene where Lysander first meets Atlas in this book. We all know how close Atlas was to Lysander's purported parents. Lysander was always called Lysander has always called Ajax brother. Lastly, if this were true, the events of Lightbringer would fulfill Osgard's son murder father prophecy and lend significance to the choice of Oedipus rather than say Antigone. Oh, we could have said Antigone. (laughs) Which Pierce always cites as one of the inspirations for Red Rising. We really just showed everybody how dumb we were about Greek tragedies. I was like, why'd you put this in here? That's why I was trying to. (laughs) I was trying to make it a bit, make it funny. And then you shat on my bit. (laughs) Just hear it up. Be a troll. What do you think about Lysander possibly being the son of Atlas? I don't think so. Hmm. I do... I think it's an interesting theory. I have no proof. And like, why is Calendora, who seems like a relatively good person for like a society goal, telling 
Lysander to trust Atlas. And because like Atlas, like we saw all of Atlas's cards by the end of this book. Lysander is fully core gold. He doesn't look like a Mooney at all. Like Atlas, sure. you know, he would look I mean, I don't think mixed race, right? Ajax does really either. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I would like agree. Mixed like mixed core rim. Yeah. yeah. He'd be his taller. features don't really <laughs> his features don't really reflect Atlas. I would agree on that. Yeah. But he could maybe he's carved or something. So I don't know. That's a fun theory. Uh but I I really don't get why Calendora told him to trust Atlas cuz like we saw all of Atlas's cards and he just was Well, I I took that as because puppeteer. Atlas was besties with lysander's parents mom and dad and she didn't know much like what he was actually up to um i don't know cassie's last tidbit chapter 10 society social gatherings seem a gamble to attend i mean look at (laughs) and darrow's triumph uh slash garden party and golden sun and now lysander's launch party in this chapter perhaps like dothraki weddings it's considered a dull affair without a few deaths I would probably conveniently have other plans if ever invited. Good I, call. I would just not be a main character. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think you're okay if you're... Just hang out on the side. If if your name isn't mentioned. I don't know. There was a lot of collateral damage at that gala gala. Well, that's true. Like, whole families getting it, stomped on. Yeah. They were, they were not main characters. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Thank you, Cassie P. Aaron, you know what it's time for. What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into? I, uh, a few weeks ago, finished Project Hail Mary mm. by Andy Weir. I'm now reading The Martian, which I'm also enjoying. It's very, both are very science fiction. Yep. Which I science, really... Science, like hard science, science fiction. Yeah. Science fiction. Yeah. Put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah. Uh, which I love. It reminds me a lot of the Bobaverse, mm-hmm. but probably even more sciency. But it involves space and saving humanity. You yeah. know, I'm trying not to give spoilers, sure. but it's a novel. It's a it's a great read if you like science fiction. It's probably a great read anyway. His other book, Artemis, is really good too. Yes, I also I read Artemis. Artemis is a little more mainstream, less yeah. Sciency, and then the Martian is like even more sciency. It's so, hardcore yeah, science. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's like how to survive on Mars. Yeah, like reading. <laughs> I'm like, oh, interesting. I don't know what any of this means, but I like it. Yeah. So Project Hail Mary is not as techy as nice. the Martian, and then yeah, Artemis is even more. There's more people. Yeah. You know, when you start getting down to yeah just solo survival artemis has a fame a fun main character from what i remember yeah, yeah. she's uh yeah. she's spunky yeah ben what are you into this week i'm into an album a new album that came out this year called uh angels and science fiction wow in honor of apollonius oh uh, it's by saint paul and the broken bones just they're great live oh man we saw them so live good. and the singer like crawled on top of a <laughs> like uh canopy structure that's cool yeah saint paul's like soul horns like very yeah. vibey type music and he's and then the lead singer just has he's a, he's a, he has an incredible <laughs> voice that's a great imitation i would say this is a good just like put this one on and do something relaxing type album 
Yeah. It's good for reading. Good vibing. Good vibes. All right. What's coming up next week on Hallerpod? Wait, back up. I have one more. What am I into this week? Oh, what's that? We saw Me Like Bees in oh, concert shit. last weekend. Go see them live. I have the shirt. It's a disco ball, not a planet. I know it was confusing with the other thing that I did. <laughs> um, they're the band that played at HowlerCon. Luke and Jake, who are two of the four members of the band, love Red Rising. So that's why they were at HowlerCon. And then now we have Forever Friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're so fun and uh, fucking amazing. Rock. Yes. Rock. I couldn't hear for like a day. We were standing <laughs> yes. right in front of the speakers. Yes. <laughs> and and if if they're not in your town, you can't get go out to see them, then for sure listen to the album. And in the song Animal, there's a part howl. at the beginning where you howl. So mm-hmm. That's obviously for us. It's just great energy. Like the whole band has really good energy, but like Luke and Jake specifically are Luke is great front man, great singer. Just feel every word that yeah. he's singing. And, and then, then Jake, Jake is, is just, just like thrashing. an animal on stage. <laughs> he <Just> is several. <laughs> yeah, so much. Rocking everywhere. Out. Just dancing and just all Amazing. over the place. And it is so fun to watch. Yeah. Very talented. Yep. Thanks for coming close to Kansas City. <laughs> All right. Now, Aaron, what's coming up next week on Hallerbot? We are going to read chapters 12 to 17, mm. but we're going to take Thanksgiving off. Mm-hmm. So our next episode will be December 1st. December 1st. We'll get some Lyria. Hell yeah. Truffle pig action. Ooh. We'll get truffle pig after we're stuffed full of truffles <laughs> during Thanksgiving. And maybe a special guest for this episode. Oh, this is a tease, maybe. Is it? It is. We're working on it. It is yeah. a tease. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Howlers, don't forget to follow us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Special thanks to Miles for the episode art. Follow Miles on Instagram at m. Bensky Designs. Special thanks to Nick Brenlow for the amazing voice work again. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel to see us and prop humor. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see video voicemails now. We're wow. in the future. Follow us on uh, the social medias at HowlerPod. Rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll feed you to a manticore. Mm, after we crush your whole body. I don't know. Maybe we'll <laughs> just... <laughs> just cut your feet off? We'll just feed you to the manticore. Okay. All right. We'll be like, okay, good luck in there. Thanks, Howlers. Omnisphere lupus. Ow! <laughs> <laughs>